Hi there, and welcome back to Out There, a cryptid podcast. I'm your host, Josh. On the 13th of each month, I come out with a new episode focused on a cryptid that I find super fascinating and weird. Now, if you still don't know what a cryptid is, it is defined as an animal that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Cryptids don't have to be supernatural or mythical beings. Although many of them are, some cryptids have actually become documented animals. Make sure you go and follow the podcast on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids. Check out the posts I make for each episode and maybe send some suggestions you'd like to hear. Before we get started today, I want to remind everybody that there's still time to submit for a position here at Out There, a Cryptid Podcast. Head over to the Instagram and look at the posts we made and follow the instructions there. Application deadline is August 1st, so make sure you send it in before then. Today's episode is about a demonic figure I'm sure we all know. An innocent-looking ragdoll that is the polar opposite of what it seems. A demonic entity that is now a Hollywood star. We are talking about the terrifying true story of the Annabelle doll. Let's dive in. Like I said, I'm sure many of you are familiar with Annabelle. She's a haunted doll from the horror movie franchise that is named after her. However, the story of the real Annabelle doll is a little different than the movie we know and love. Annabelle's tale begins in the 1970s, when a young nursing student named Donna received the Raggedy Ann doll as a gift from her mother. Donna and her roommate and friend, Angie, quickly noticed something was off about Annabelle. Strange occurrences became a regular part of their lives. The doll reportedly moved on its own. The doll would also move from one room to another by itself, and they would find it in different positions. They told their friend Lou about the odd occurrence, and he told them to get rid of the doll. But we all know they didn't. The girls began to hear whispers around the apartment and faint cries. But when they followed the sounds to where they were hearing them, it, it seemed like they were coming from the doll. This was terrifying to the girls. But then things got even more creepy. After long shifts and days at hospitals and school, the roommates would come home looking for peace. But when they arrived, they started finding notes on parchment paper left in what looked to be a child's handwriting. These cryptic messages would read, help me, help us, and worst of all, help Lou. And to make things even creepier, the girls didn't have parchment paper in their home. As if this wasn't already bad enough, one day they came home to find the back of the doll's hands covered in what appeared to be blood. There was also three drops on the chest, too. There was no explanation for where it came from or why it was there, but they had had enough. In 1971, the girls decided to seek the help of a medium. The medium came to the apartment to conduct a seance. They told them that the doll was possessed by the spirit of a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. They also said that Annabelle had died on the property where the apartment complex was built. Donna and Angie made Annabelle feel loved and that the spirit wanted to stay. Donna and Angie felt sorry for Annabelle's spirit, and they made the worst mistake they gave permission to the spirit to stay with them. And this was when things took a dark, dark turn. 
Lou was not happy about this decision. He then recalled waking up from a nightmare after they had held the seance. He felt like he woke up and was having paralysis. He started looking around, trying to wake himself up when he felt something moving by his feet. When he looked down, he saw the Annabelle doll climbing up his body towards his chest. And when she got there, she began strangling him. He said he even passed out. When he woke up in the morning, he was convinced that it really happened. The next day, Lou and Angie were getting ready for a road trip. They were just about to leave the apartment when they heard a loud commotion in Donna's room. Lou went in alone to investigate, thinking someone had just broken in. But when he opened the door, no one was in there, and nothing had been moved, except for the doll, which looked like it had been tossed on the floor. When he went to pick her up, he felt a horrible pain in his chest, and as he was holding it, his shirt became soaked in blood. When he opened his shirt, there were three scratch marks drawn into his chest. But just as fast as it appeared, it disappeared, and his chest was healed. Now that the doll became even more aggressive and these strange scratch marks started appearing, they had had actually enough. Donna contacted a priest who brought it to the attention of one of his superiors. But then they contacted N. Lorraine Warren, paranormal investigators, for help. The Warrens determined that the doll was not possessed by the spirit of a young girl, but by a malevolent entity. And actually, it was a little more complicated than that. The New England Society for Paranormal Research, or NESPER, states that an inanimate object can't be possessed, but instead manipulated by a demonic spirit. What these demons are usually doing is searching for a human host. After spending time with the doll and hearing their stories, the Warrens told them that the demon was only a few weeks from completing its infestation. They warned that this could have been even worse if they hadn't been called. If the demon had completed its ritual, Donna, Angie, and Lou could have all been killed by it. The Warrens decided a priest needed to perform an exorcism on the apartment, and that would take care of Annabelle. They had had enough of Annabelle's antics, so the Warrens agreed to take the doll with them instead. Annabelle, however, was not happy about this. On the drive home, the Warren said that the car started to swerve on its own and that the brakes would stop working. This happened many times, and some almost resulted in an accident. Ed turned around in his seat, grabbed his holy water, and made the sign of the cross. For the rest of the drive, the activity stopped. Once they made it to the Warren's house, she began doing exactly what she did before moving around without being touched, and even levitating out of a chair next to Ed's desk. Then, Father Jason Bradford, a Catholic priest and friend to the Warrens, came over to see the doll. And when he picked it up from the armchair she was sitting in, he said, You're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone. He then put her back down in the chair she was sitting in. 
Lorraine warned the priest to be very cautious, and Lorraine asked him to be careful driving home and to call when he arrived safely. About three hours later, Father Jason called the Warrens with a terrifying message. He said that his brakes stopped working right when he approached an intersection, that he had gotten into a car accident. His car was totaled. So, in 1973, the Warrens took possession of the doll and placed it in a glass case in their Museum of Occult Artifacts. This is where Annabelle remains today. It is said to be one of the most haunted objects in the world. Visitors to the museum have reported feeling a sense of unease and fear when they are near the doll. Visitors also claim to feel a dark presence when standing near her. And some have even experienced strange accidents or unexplained phenomena after taunting the doll. But despite these warnings, there have been reports of people challenging Annabelle's power and messing with the protective glass casing. Some of these acts have resulted in car accidents, severe injuries, and even a case of possession. A visitor to the museum went up to Annabelle in her glass case and started banging on the door and telling her to prove that she was real. He even told her to scratch him. Ed intervened and asked the man to leave, and the man obliged. He got on his motorcycle with his girlfriend and left. But something very tragic would happen. The girlfriend later told Lorraine that on their way home, they were laughing about Annabelle when all of a sudden, he lost control of his motorcycle. They crashed into a tree, and because of the force, he was killed. Now that the museum is closed and Ed and Lorraine have both passed away, their son-in-law, Tony Sparrow, is in charge of all the artifacts. He sometimes takes them to paranormal conventions and even to see our main man, Zach Bagans. Annabelle came to Zach's museum in Las Vegas. Tony asked for them to have holy water prepared in case the demonic force got out of control. But right before Tony takes Annabelle out of the case, Zach becomes completely disoriented and has to sit down. Tony says that this happens a lot with people who see the doll and they call it a forerunner, which he says is a warning. Annabelle doesn't want us to show her right now. They do catch a good amount of evidence throughout the investigation, actually. It seems that when Annabelle arrived, every other already active artifact became more active. The first odd occurrence is with a haunted fortune-telling machine located in one of the rooms of the museum. While investigating, Zach can see lights emanating from the machine, even though it's turned off. So, Zach goes over to unplug it, but when he does, the machine says, electricity. Zach is stunned, because this is not one of the words it's programmed to say. And at the same time as all of this, a strange anomaly is captured moving next to Annabelle. Zach and Aaron both feel a very strong energy around the doll, and the room gets very cold. They decide to use the spirit box and get the words, listen, and Annabelle. 
But when reviewing the EVP device's audio, they catch words like you, us, an, God, grab, foot, and Jesus. And then they hear a snarl with their own ears in that room. Okay, this is a lot of evidence so far, and we aren't even done. But what I wanted to take a second to remind people of is some of the devices mentioned during the investigation. Let's start with the EVP. It stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. So essentially, it's a handheld voice recorder that will pick up voices and sounds that are too quiet for your ears to hear. This is a pretty common one in the paranormal field and is one of the most used devices for sure. A spirit box is one of my favorites for sure, and I actually own one. Now, essentially, it's a radio. However, the radio is scanning frequencies at a rapid rate so that it sounds almost like static white noise. Experts believe that spirits communicate primarily on different frequencies, and so this device bridges the gap. Spirits are able to speak through it most commonly with single words and small phrases, but sometimes even full sentences. Now, we are about to talk about a, a newer device that Ghost Adventures uses a lot. It's called the Kinetic Camera. Remember in Paranormal Activity 4 when they had the Xbox camera that in night vision would show the little green dots on a grid? Well, that is what this device uses, except it then creates stick figures of any anomalies it catches. And with that, let's go back to the investigation. The boys start using the kinetic camera. On it, you can see Zack and his body stick figure, but then a second figure appears inside Zack's. The second figure then rapidly switches into the Annabelle doll, but then it jumps back out and moves around Zack before disappearing. Zack then claims that he is beginning to zone out and feels an attachment with Annabelle. He says that he has a strong desire to touch the doll. One of the rules that Tony has said was to not touch her at all. To make no physical contact whatsoever. And at this same exact time, the kinetic camera catches another figure. This time, inside of the doll. Billy, who is filming all of this, then claims that he feels like he has a fever and that he is burning up. And again, a quick figure appears in Zack's body before quickly disappearing. They end up doing solo investigations with Annabelle, and during Zack's, he is very affected by it. He ends up touching her foot, and Tony and the rest of the crew get very mad at him. And he says that he blacked out and just was overwhelmed with the urge to touch it. And at the end of the investigation, Zack feels very affected, and he experiences violent thoughts. But that wasn't the end for him. On his way home, Zack's mile gauge is at 0.6666, and lightning almost hits him. A lot more evidence is caught in different parts of the museum by different team members, but I wanted to focus on the doll itself. But there was one piece I didn't mention yet, 
and that is that the team tried to see if Annabelle really was the spirit of a little girl. So they brought her a balloon. And then the balloon came out of one of the rooms and began following Zack at the height of a child. I mean, that's just creepy, right? Like, that's some Pennywise stuff right there. But this investigation is full of crazy pieces of evidence. My personal favorite is that during the early on spirit box session, they caught EVPs of the words grab and foot, which is exactly what Zack ends up doing. So was it really the spirit inhabiting Annabelle showing her power over people? Or was Zack just overwhelmed with meeting a famous movie star? The Annabelle doll gained international fame after appearing in the horror film The Conjuring, directed by James Wan in 2013, which was a box office hit. And then, in 2014, a spin-off film, Annabelle, was released, focusing on the doll's backstory. Another film, Annabelle Creation, was released in 2017, which is a prequel to the first film, and after that, a sequel was made called Annabelle Comes Home, which came out in 2019. There are a lot of things in the movies that never actually happened in real life. For example, the film isn't about Donna and Angie's haunting. Instead, it follows a young family that survived a horrifying attack from satanic worshippers in their previous home. I won't go through every single difference, but I just want to talk about some of them. So, obviously, the biggest distinction is that the dolls are completely different. In the movie, Annabelle is a creepy porcelain doll, but in reality, she's a very normal-looking rag doll, which is somehow even more scary. The characters Mia and John, who we follow throughout the movie, are indeed made only for the film. Now, Annabelle gets thrown away in the movie and then reappears in the apartment. However, Donna and Angie never tried this tactic, so this too was made up. The kitchen fire was also just in the movie. The full character of Evelyn, the neighbor, was not real, and no one ever sacrificed themselves in order to offer their soul to the demon that was supposedly controlling the doll. But they did get the moving around right, and same with the little notes around, and even the blood appearing on the doll. In terms of explanations, there's really not much to talk about. Either it was, in fact, a demon or a spirit, or it was just made up and everybody started feeding into this story. Either way, Annabelle's story has continued to capture the public's imagination with numerous books, documentaries, and podcasts exploring the history and alleged supernatural abilities of the doll. And today, Annabelle serves as a chilling reminder of the unseen forces that may exist in our world. Whether you believe in the supernatural or not, her story is enough to send shivers down your spine. So, what do you think? Are demonic dolls really out there? We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, so make sure to follow us and tell us all of your thoughts on the cryptids we cover and what you'd like to hear next. It would mean a lot to us if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It's a great way for others to find the podcast and enjoy, just like you. One month from today, I will be covering a cryptid that roams the dense forests of Ohio with its towering stature, shaggy hair, and bright orange eyes. We'll be talking about the Ohio Grassman. See you next month. This episode is written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo designed by Jason Zykes and theme music from purpleplanet.com.